What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Console Crusade Podcast. Here we talk retro games, gaming news, and rarely either of those things. I am EJ Olson, here with my boy Nick Durheim. We back, doggy! Oh, we're back. Who knew it would <laughs> ever happen? <laughs> I feel like every episode that we record now, it's like, we're back after such a long hiatus. Well, I mean, the last two episodes we recorded like a week apart from each other, but they got posted a month after each other. <laughs> I, think the, I think episode 14 went up. Two months after we recorded it. Thank God we weren't talking about anything topical. Or interesting for that matter. Well, that's part of the part of the charm. Well, hey, we're 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 back now. You know, it's been a busy summer. We both had a lot of shit brewing. Yeah, we both been busy people. Fall's right around the corner. We're gonna be back back at this weekly, which is another promise I think I've made a million times. Uh, or at least, I don't know, 14 times. <laughs> this time, we're not lying, though. Trust uh-huh. us. Yeah. We've got a great track record. We're, 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 it's going to be a soft relaunch. And if you've met either of us in person, you understand what that actually means. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're both soft as the day is long. <laughs> okay. So what the hell are we talking about today? I got a little list here. As always, I love my list. We're a little bit late on this, but we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct. That happened. What, how many days ago is that? Five days ago? Uh, four or five days ago. It was on Wednesday last week. As of the time of this recording, it is what? Monday? Monday. <laughs> is it Monday? It's Monday. <laughs> I was, I was like looking for a, a clock or a calendar to tell me what it is. Uh, it's the 18th, which is a Monday. Mm. Uh, so we're not terribly late. But anyway, Nintendo Direct. You just want to jump right into this? I've got the whole list up from the Direct. Yeah, sure. I mean, just an overall impression of it. We knew beforehand that it was going to be about 45 minutes long. Ended up being pretty much exactly 45 minutes long. We're part of a group text and we're kind of throwing around some predictions. And I said if they talked about 3DS for more than 10 minutes, I was going to burn burn my house down or something. <laughs> You're going to light yourself on fire? And literally, I checked the time after the 3DS uh, talk was done and it was like 1030. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. They <laughs> rattled through that 3DS stuff so quick. I was going to go sequentially here, but I just want to jump right into the 3DS headlines here. It disturbed me how much is coming to the 3DS versus how much is coming to the Switch. And the fact that they're dedicating so much time and effort and resources into these 3DS games. Yeah, maybe it's, it's all like kind of small stuff. And we have a Mario Party top 100 mini game collection, which every Mario Party game essentially is anyway. And then a few Atlas RPGs, which that kind of bummed me out because I'd rather have Atlas working on something bigger. For the Switch, you know, something along the lines of a Persona or Shin Megami Tensei. But besides those two, we got Pokemon, which we already knew about. Minecraft dropped, which of course has to be on every single thing. I'm surprised it wasn't on the 3DS already. It doesn't make sense that it's just now coming to the 3DS. Eight months after the Switch was released and the 3DS should be dying. I don't know how how much of that is Nintendo's problem, though. I mean, that's Mojang taking their sweet time. It it just seems so bizarre to me because we got the Switch version before the 3DS version. Don't worry, it's coming out on the Wii next. Would you be shocked? Not entirely. I actually saw a uh, someone, I don't know what they did to do that, but they hacked uh, a Dreamcast to have Minecraft on it. Dude, what can't you hack to, to play Minecraft on? I mean, the Dreamcast was hacked before it even came out, so. I want a Minecraft version of Doom we can just put on every machine. I can see there being a Doom pack. <laughs> There's already a Mario Minecraft pack to get Sonic in there. Hell, just put eight pixels together and you got yourself a doom guy so okay here totally totally random aside here so i was telling you before we started recording that i've been battling a little bit of a fever feeling a little bit sick um i just got a text message from someone that said you aren't dead yet though (laughs) like thanks for the reassurance now i know now i know there's that gleaming light of positivity you needed to get yourself through the day that's true now i can finish this podcast in good conscience 
My anxiety is, is all but gone. Anyway, so the 3DS. Okay, we saw Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. Right, okay. yeah. But we saw that last time they did a direct. Well, no, it was uh, post E3 during the uh, Nintendo Spotlight. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. That's where they announced that and the 3DS Metroid. Nintendo's weird video pressers all just merged together because they're all the same kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. They have a style guide. They follow it. That's all. He's like pretty quick. They spent way too much time on one game during the Switch presentation, but at least in 3DS, it was all like, we know you want to hear about Switch stuff. Here's the games that we have coming out for 3DS. Don't expect too much next year. So talk to me about this Kirby game because the Battle Royale one. Yeah, I am intrigued by it. Mostly because we had that really creepy, muscly uh, D2D. <laughs> that was a different game. Oh, was it really? Yeah, Which the muscly was D2D is in uh, Star Allies. That's coming out early uh, oh. 2018 on Switch. Well, we're talking about that game then. <laughs> well, I'll talk to you about that game when we're talking about Switch games. Oh, that's a Switch game. See, see, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, so Star Allies is the Switch game, Battle Royale. And there's another one that didn't, they didn't talk about, but they mentioned it during... Uh, Oh god, not E3, but I think like a direct before that. I don't know, but uh, there's a couple a Kirby games coming out on on 3DS. But it's what they've done with their past couple releases, like Triple Deluxe and uh, Robobot, where they have a mini game in the full games that they release as like a standalone. Okay, so I'm pretty sure Battle Royale is uh, that, from what I've heard. But I could be totally off the mark. Who knows? No one could possibly know. It's not like <laughs> we have the internet. No, say it's, we're so uninformed in this podcast. I, I was feeling like. It's gauntlet, but with Kirby, like they're talking about, there's like leaderboards and rankings and stuff playing online, all that kind of wild shit. It seems like a, a perfectly fine Kirby game that I will never, ever play. Right. I mean, but you know, Nintendo will shovel out a $20 Kirby game that someone will download on a whim and play for a couple weeks and never touch again. That's fine. There are like four 3DS owners who are still buying every release as and every three and every 3DS because they announced uh, the other hardware there's the Pokemon, the Pokeball 2DS, or is that 3D? I think it's 2DS. It's the, it's the new 2DS XL. Right, the new 2DS. This, it's just a big old DS, uh, the white and orange one. And then also, I think it's just the Japanese Direct they talked about. There's a black and lime green one, mm-hmm. and then a lavender and white one. You know, I'm not going to lie. So it's four new hardware SKUs. Okay, that's so in line with what Nintendo's done with the 3DS. If they were $150 each, I would totally maybe get one. <laughs> well... Two years ago, if they had released these two years ago, I would have been a little bit more on board, especially because the new 2DS XL looks fine. Like, I, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things I really like about it. A few things are a little bit weird. The hinge is strange, and it's it's just a weird design, but two I'd years ago... An, I'd rather have a new 2DS with a smaller form factor so you get a little bit better pixel density. It's your, your complaint about the 3DS XL versus the standard 3DS. It's like a Game Boy Micro versus a Game Boy Advance. Well, that's a negligible difference. But it adds up. The picture on the regular 3DS is a little bit sharper. Um, when you get on the the XL, yeah, it can be... I remember when I got Fire Emblem Awakening and I could see the the pixel blur in the in the text. The text bubbles would pop up and that's all I could focus on was... The anti-aliasing? The jaggies in the fucking text. And I was like, ugh. So I remember trying out my brother's regular, the, the OG 3DS. Mm. And I was like almost tempted to finish the game on that because you couldn't see the fucking jaggies. Yeah, you, you play 3D. You're supposed to play 3DS with, the, with your glasses off. Make a little like an <laughs> yeah. 64 game. Apparently. Uh, no, I'm fine with the 2DS XL, though. The Pokeball one is awesome. At first, I, kinda, I thought it was hilarious, but I'm like, that's just... like that. That's cool. That's just cool. It's cool, but they're, it, they, they're going so far 
to the extreme. Nintendo could easily sell, you know, 5 million more 3DSs by the end of the year just for the holiday season and people picking up a new Pokemon for their kids, you know, whatever. You, that's the thing. We got, so we got Pokemon Sun and Moon coming. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Sorry. Excuse me. Looks fucking ridiculous. It basically just looks like the first game. It didn't seem necessary. I don't think Sun and Moon needed the black and white treatment. And like I said on the last podcast or two podcasts ago, I think. I can't remember that far back. (laughs) That was months ago. (laughs) Like if we were going back to Kanto, which I don't know why I'm so fixated on this, but they they tease Kanto so much in the first Sun and Moon games. If they were going to take us back there, like they did in the second gen Pokemon games, that would be really cool. I would love to see the Sun and Moon version of the world I explored as a six-year-old kid. So I thought that's what they were leading up to. And then, the- oh, God, no, no, that's way too ambitious of a for a one year turnaround game. No, 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 no. Obviously, that's logical, Nick. Yeah, I'm sorry for injecting some logic into your hype because you are so easily disappointed. <laughs> they, they tease it so much. You think it's going to be the Switch version that we go back to Kanto? You think they're finally doing a new adventure? I doubt that it will be, but that seems a lot more likely of a thing. Either a remake, like a straight remake of one of the older generation games. Not for the first one. They, I don't think they've ever done that for the first game on a on a console. Doing a remake. They did that for Game Boy Advance, or is Ruby Sapphire out before Fire Red Leaf Green? Either way, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna lead with a remake on the Switch. They really want to. They've talked about how they want to explore what they can do differently on the on the hardware with like the versatility of buttons and the screen real estate and the ability to play it on a TV. Like that's fairly new for them, just sure. as far as like the experience and how you move around the world. Here's the thing. Pokemon Sun and Moon, I enjoyed for what they were. I wasn't a big fan of the departure from the formula. I, I missed the typical gyms and the gym puzzles. I thought the the trials were way too easy. Um, but the world was fine. I mean, I had a lot of complaints about that game. But at the end of the day, the experience was, was quirky and cute. And it was a fun 12 hours that I put into the game, right? Yeah. Uh, so comp- compl- my complaints were invalid because I had a good enough time with it. Um, it was worth my investment. Uh, we, I played that with you and our buddy Trevor, and and, and that was fun. Um, the Ultra Beasts, I thought, were a really cool concept that really lacked an execution. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were just a name swap for legendaries. I mean, who the fuck cares? But I, I thought mean, that I, was, like, dumb and unnecessary. That's been my biggest problem with the Pokemon games. Each generation has more and more legendaries. And it's like, at this point, we have, like, 30 legendaries each generation. It's obscene. Well, that is crazy. But, I mean, how they related to the story. And the, I remember you saying when Pokemon came out that this was probably your favorite in terms of narrative. It definitely has the best story and the best execution of uh, conveying that story. X and Y kind of tried that, but it was, like, really, really heavy-handed and dumb a lot of the time. And this one, I, th- I felt like I was a lot more invested in the characters. As far as what the or how the Ultra Beasts fit into that, and you had the main Ultra Beast, the, the squid one, right? Yeah, that was, like, the main plot device. The rest of them, it was like you beat the game and then it's like, we'll go find the Ultra Beast, but the story's over. And so it just, they didn't seem to fit in the way they had set it up. But then the Ultra Beasts themselves were super fucking lame. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, they announced a few new ones. They're so fucking bad. So codename UB Burst. It's like a weird fucking clown squid thing. What, no, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a funfetti cake. <laughs> yes. It's a weird ice cream cone meets. Cake pop thing. It's a cake pop. That's exactly it. Um, what I'm I'm picturing. I'm seeing those. What are those dandelion? Right. No. What are the seeds you blow? The little puff balls those, you blow. Yeah, those are dandelions. Yeah, yeah. That it's like a it's like an ice cream version of those. Um, and then UB assembly. Oh yeah, the 
the the building. It's the house. It's just it's a fucking part of a castle. It's just an outer armament. <laughs> like it's a chimney. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Code name UB Assembly. Stack of bricks. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, it's rough. I thought uh what's the new one? The Necrozma. That's like the dark cry of this game. Or like the Giratina. Where it's uh there's like two different forms, whether it possesses Solgaleo or the bat one. Lunario or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the I can't remember the name, but I, I like that concept well enough. Pretty sure it's Necrozma. Okay. Dude, the Pokemon, the Pokeball Edition 3DS or 2DS XL is honestly so cool. I just, I'm bringing it up again because I was flipping through the video here for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Like, I love how ridiculous this thing is. Like, it's actually got the raised button uh, on the front where you'd press the, you know, like that's uh, it's just fucking ridiculous. That's perfect. That's cool, man. I'd be tempted to pick it up. Uh, and then the, the the way the new games tie in. Well, I think Sun and Moon also ties in this way if you uh, buy the gold version for the virtual console on 3DS. You get a Celebi via mystery gift. Right. And they're compatible with Pokebank, so you can upload your Pokemon and re-download them to whatever future games you want. So did you ever pick up red, blue, yellow when no. they came out? No. No. I don't know how I'm, I'm tempted to maybe pick up gold or silver. I don't know. Even though Crystal is my preferred version of the second gen, but I'd wait. I would imagine they there's a good likelihood that they release Crystal down the line. I don't know. That seems like my my gut feeling. Yeah, I'm shocked they didn't announce it because they released Red, Blue, Yellow all together. Correct. Right. Yeah, I think so. The only thing that tempts me about it is the cool cardboard boxes. Well, as <laughs> well, here's what I'm calling it now. I'm a I'm a rehabilitating collector. Okay, I'm on the verge of. Of selling most of my collection, okay? And so I'm trying to retrain my brain. When I see things like that, when I saw those boxes, I pooped myself. And then I said, wait, 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 wait. I'm not buying anything new. I'm only buying games that I'm going to sit down and play. Like the, the collector's mentality, I'm trying just to cut it out, okay? But those boxes, are, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's a really cool way to go about that. I wish they would go about that. Just giving you a physical box with a download code. Because I'm still in that kind of area where I want a physical box. Like, they released a physical version for Snipper Clips, and I think I'll pick that up now instead of having downloaded it six months ago. Right. I'm in this, like I said, this weird transition where I'm trying to separate, like, my desire to actually play some of these games and then just my, like, collector's instinct to be, you know, impulsive and say, well, I have to get this now because I know I'll want to play it, but I won't be able to pick it up, you know, at a later date. So I have to, you know, just like this, the impulsivity of, of buying video games and right. You're trying to be more of a rational adult. Exactly. I, totally get I, I respect you for that. It's exactly. A, that's a good mature move for you to, to go towards. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people complain about, cause a lot of games in the past have actually done this like PS4. They started doing it where they put a box out, you get it wrapped on the shelf and inside was a download code. And that frustrated people. But I think if the alternative is only a digital version, why not? For collectors, I think that's, that's really cool. Like, cause gold and silver are never, they're not going to release those on a cartridge. Right? No. That'll never ever happen. So it's not like oh, we're going to release an empty box in lieu of a physical edition. Like that's not what's happening. Like this is just sort of a bonus uh, for the people that care. So that's, that's, yeah, nice. so I'm trying to meet me in the middle with uh, their fan base mm-hmm. and the collectors that they know that they attract. So let's move on here. A couple of last quick things with the 3DS. You know, Met- Metroid Samus Returns, I don't think we've talked too much about. Um, we touched on it with the whole the E3 coverage, I think. Right. The announcement and all. Uh, we haven't played it. We have a buddy who's obsessed with Metroid. 
and and he said this is the best 3ds game he's ever played you know mm-hmm. i've heard very similar things as far as like the way it looks and the way it feels compared to other metroid titles in the past i'm excited about playing it i picked up a game recently so i'm kind of trying to keep myself from buying into a, a huge back catalog if i got enough of those games as it is I follow a guy who uploads uh, soundtracks as the games come out for Nintendo games, and he put up the just the title uh, track for the new Metroid game, and I popped that on. I'm like, oh, this sounds real nice. It gave me very big vibes. And you know how I feel about big vibes. Big vibes. You love big vibes. Big vibes give me big bones. <laughs> He's oh, the uh, biggest vibes. Nick big wants vibe. So, okay, so we'll... <laughs> okay, we're going to ignore that. We'll move on. So that's, that's pretty much for the 3S stuff from the Direct. Whatever, fuck the 3DS. I really, really wish they would just completely quit supporting it. I get why they can't. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Kirby is the historical gravestone that it's been for most other Nintendo consoles. Yeah, right. Well, it's, isn't that so bizarre that they, this is always what they release last, and then it always ends up, ends up being one of the strongest releases, or often being one of the strongest releases on the system? I'd have to assume in the past it was because of Awada's... Uh, association with Hal and then he was busy with other stuff and then he would be like oh let's do a Kirby game so big big things from the Nintendo Direct the Nintendo mm, Nintendo okay really quick I know that they spent a lot of time with the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 oh a lot of time <laughs> a lot of time I don't know enough or care enough about it I think it looks fine it definitely looks like the first game the graphics mm. are nice enough for for what it is but they, I mean, they went to every goddamn... Yeah, they broke down each, like, environment. They right. broke down the weapon system, the characters, all the different factions. I'm like, okay, this is a bit of an info dump. And I feel like, I don't know if that sold it to people that were on the fence. It was no. more like the people who already wanted to buy it were like, okay, why are you telling all this? I kind of want to just, like, find out about it naturally. So, right. I don't know. I thought that was a weird kind of decision. But at the same time, I'm kind of interested in, like, a in a bizarre way. I think I'll probably pick up that game. I... Will depending on the reviews, you'll be busy playing Skyrim. Okay, well we're yeah we'll get there. That's for sure. I am itching to play that game again after what's what's it been six years, seven years, six years, six yeah. years. Yeah. Also, I thought that uh, just a quick aside for Skyrim initially launched eleven eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. Now it's being launched eleven seventeen seventeen. I like that. Disappointed they didn't aim for that seventeen seventeen seventeen. I know. I was gonna say that they should have shot for the seventeenth month, but then we'd have to wait for May. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, so anyway, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two uh, killed the pacing of the whole direct for me. I was oh, also that terrible old man narrating. Yeah, it just it was kind of a weird thing. They threw it right at the beginning, essentially. I'm glad that they did that first as opposed to throwing it in the middle to really kill the momentum. It was like 3DS, okay, whatever, Xenoblade, okay, yeah, let's get along. And then it was dump after well, that. Well, they did, I mean, Pokemon was, was what, three minutes? And then they go on with almost 10 minutes of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It was, it was a little disproportionate there. And the next thing they talked about was, was Project Octopath Traveler, and they did that. That was five minutes. For Octopath, we got a, a release date for Xenoblade. It's coming December 1st. You know, that was one of my predictions. Was I said we're gonna get a new Xenoblade Chronicles two trailer and we're gonna get a release date, but it's gonna be pushed to 2018. I was wrong. I'm still not convinced until that game is in my hands. I am not convinced it's coming out in December. Judging by what they've shown and like little updates that you hear from the developers talking about, oh, we just recorded, finished recording the soundtrack. I mean, it seems like that game is probably pretty much done. They're just QA bug checking. Yeah. Well. 
That is right around the corner. So, but yeah, that's all I care to talk about that. I don't know enough. Don't care enough. Like I said, totally fair. It looks like a JRPG. It looks just like Xenoblade Chronicles X. And it looks like Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. I played the first Xenoblade Chronicles a little bit. Not did not live up to my expectations. Hearing all about it for for years, and it was kind of one of the the most sought after games on the Wii. And I just it didn't tickle me. And, it, and maybe it's because I'm not a fan of the like the classic hardcore JRPGs. You know, these massive time sinks with just, you know, the repetitive grinds. Like, you know, maybe that's just me. But I'm a sucker for new, slick, pretty things on my new, slick, pretty devices. So we'll see. I'll let you pick it up first. You can tell me if it's worth it. Well, you're you're kind of doing the thing where you're picking up all the worthwhile Switch titles. But have you played a lot of them? Have you played I Am Setsuna yet? Yeah, I've put in like, I put in like 10, 15 hours. Oh, wow. That's a lot of hours. I just haven't had the, the itching for that kind of RPG. Sure. So, I mean, I, I put in some time and got as far as I could, like, kind of, not stomach, that's not the right word, but I just, other things came out, you know? So, my t- my time and attention was split. So, well, speaking of, of classic JRPGs, then, looking down at Project Octopath Traveler, looks like kind of a, a pretty tropey JRPG, but... Yeah, give me real strong Final Fantasy VI vibes. But it's one of the most gorgeous games I've ever seen. Really, really cool. Uh, maybe I'm being hyperbolic. I don't know. I mean, it's gorgeous, man. Like, I want every game, every remake to look like this. It would get so tired so quickly. Sure, but look at say, look at the um, the Secret of Mana remake that's coming out. That game looks ugly. It, yeah, it looks <laughs> terrible. I want it to look like this. That would be amazing. And you're right. Maybe it would get old. Maybe it would get tiresome. But I just don't. I mean, I just think most uh, 2D sprite-based games being remade with a a polygon style is not going to look very good unless you put a lot of money into it. And at that point it's not worth it. Right. But I don't want games being remade with like the diorama style. I think that doesn't really work with every uh, game style. There are a few games that I would definitely make an exception for. Like I would love to see a Mega Man in this style, like a Mega Man X. I think that would look sick, but I don't need every traverse the world. Check out these lighting effects, blur and the glowing blowout style. I don't know. A lot of that was like, kind of like, okay, this is a little bit too much. Lots of bloom. Oh, bloom. I love the 360 generation with just bloom to try and cover up the muddy, watery textures. <laughs> Let's make our game brown and then make everything glow. <laughs> right. As far as the graphics go, I get a little bit of Saturday morning RPG vibes, especially in combat. I, that's a game I've never played, so I don't have any experience. I'm just saying with like the, the style of the battle sprites, very Final Fantasy. Obviously, this is like a love letter to Final Fantasy 6 and Final Fantasy 4 kind of kind of feels so maybe a little bit of Chrono Trigger in there we Square don't games clearly right we don't have a release date or even a release window no. 2018 that's a pretty broad window <laughs> yeah that's that's a that's a corridor yeah we, we exactly but it was interesting that they announced you can immediately go download the the demo for this game yeah that's genius I need more demos in my life um, I don't know why more games don't do that. Uh, how many of us have downloaded the Octopath Traveler demo? Hey, I went to go do it today when my Switch was dead and then we started recording. But I went to go do it. You know I'm just I mean? saying, I'm sure there are games that... I mean, advertising a game demo is probably as hard as advertising a game itself. So it's it's kind of like a call to action, though. So that can help people kind of be more invested to try and uh, push a word-of-mouth kind of grassroots movement. But Square, they got they got money. They can advertise the hell out of this if they want to. That's true. And Nintendo seems really stoked for it. That was like one of the things they talked about when they announced the Switch itself in the January event. What do you think of the working title? I think they're going to keep the name but drop the project. It's going to be Octopath Traveler. 
just based on the breakdown of the story structure and how it's uh, based off of eight different characters and their paths and them like moving around and like the demos you can choose between two different characters and if you start with one character it ends up in the starting location of the other one so it's going to be like this intertwining kind of fabric of individual characters and plot lines and they each have like different character interactions they can do outside of battles like there's this dancer who's like essentially a medieval prostitute and her ability that she can use is to allure people and then bring those people into battles with her and they can fight alongside her. But the uh, other guy, Obrick, I think it is, is like a soldier and he can just fight anyone. He can challenge anyone that he talks to. So I just thought that was a kind of interesting, interesting play on the talk to everybody mentality that most RPGs are. Cause you want to get those text dumps. Right. But then it's different interactions. It's cool. I'd be curious to see how that plays out with the rest of the characters and how they definitely flip those tropes. I hear Octopath and all I hear is Octodad and imagine that little fucking orange octopus. And I know I, I want an Octodad Traveler next. Let's get <laughs> like, that let's get that mashup. Forget yeah. Mario plus Rabbits. We want Octodad Traveler. <laughs> Give me a demo from that. Convince me it's worth playing. Well, yeah, I know what, what do they call the uh it wasn't super HD. What, what what's the two <laughs> D HD? I think it was two D was that what it was? It's either 2D HD or HD 2D. Either way, it's giving me ADHD. It's <laughs> fucking me up, man. I remember when I heard that. I thought it was like super, super something. Um, HD 2D. I'm trying to scrub through the video and look for it right now. I remember when I saw this. Like it had just like a big splash screen and the narrator with his deep sultry voice is going HD 2D. <laughs> that it made me fucking laugh. <laughs> in the faraway land. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it in the video here, but... Uh, yeah, it might have been not in the, the trailer itself, but during the little breakdown post-trailer announcing the, the demo and everything. Unless you're scrubbing through the direct itself. I am scrubbing through the direct itself, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, HD2D. A world drawn in HD2D. Oh, yeah, that's a hoot. Thank God. That's a hoot. <laughs> that's a big old hoot. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we got, uh, after that, the last spotlight was Mario Odyssey. Before that, there was other things. Uh, at least the order on the on the direct website right now. That's what. That's that must be. That's not the right order though. The direct itself. It started with 3ds for 10 minutes, and then it jumped into like in Xenoblade Chronicles, and then it did others. Then it did a little bit of uh, Octopath, and it did Bethesda, and then it did all those different things. Like first, it did Skyrim launch uh, launch window or launch date. And uh, amiibo support and confirming that you can find the items in the wild yourself if you don't have the amiibos. And then big surprise, just like, oh, and by the way, Nintendo Switch owners are going to get Doom, December, like holiday area, and then Wolfenstein 2, New Colossus sometime next year. Let's get down there. I'm going to keep going through this order here so I don't lose track of things. Because a lot of those other things are pretty (laughs) sporadic on this this page here. Taking the wind right out of my sails. Yeah, motherfucker. Um... I'm already I'm already lost and confused, Nick. I don't know where I'm at anymore. It's your default state. That's also true. They don't know that. No, they do. So anyway, okay, well, let's talk about talk to me about Mario Odyssey. What did we learn about this? You're the Mario expert. They showed a new world. They dropped a name of two more worlds. And I think they did they mentioned uh amiibo support. They didn't really announce really anything new for Odyssey. It was just showing off the new just a couple of new areas which it's not introducing new mechanics or anything or breaking down how many moons there are, but 
there's like a little tease that said, oh, there's something cool happened if you find all the moons in the worlds, blah, blah, blah. Which, granted, it's a Mario game. That's just what happens. The game looks gorgeous. Looks fantastic. There's nose physics. There's nipples. There's outfits. <laughs> Hello. I've got everything. There's enemy possession. <laughs> Dude, there's so much variety in these worlds. And obviously, we don't know how big these worlds are. But each one is drastically different. Like, I'm just looking at the ones they talked about here. Metro Kingdom, the Luncheon Kingdom, the Cap Kingdom. Like They, they had a blast designing this. You know they did. Yeah, totally. So, so Mario Odyssey is supposedly falling in the, in the same tier as games like Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine. The right. only other two... Free roam, control your own camera, right? kind of Mario platforming games. In, in this vein. You look at a game like Mario Sunshine, not a lot of variety there. The world was very samey. It was very heavily themed. I mean, each of the areas were distinct enough. You know, you have like a, oh, this is a an amusement park. This is a, a ship, like docking area. This is a, a, a bay. So right. they had like intersectional like distinctions within the, the game's theme itself, but... Sunshine has a lot of has huge evidence of being kind of rushed out and the game was delayed. They're trying to release it the same or they wanted to rush it out. They wanted to get it out by summer and the game released in like August 2002, 2003. So it was clear that they just like we needed to just shit or get off the pot with this game. Right. But with Mario Odyssey, I have a feeling they've been working on this since 3D World, if not before. And that's a, that's a good healthy cycle for a Mario game. Totally. I, I'm convinced this game has been done for months and would have been released on the Wii U if the Switch wasn't forced into development when it was. It only gets better with time, though, so who knows totally. what that game would have looked like on Wii U as opposed to now. Totally. The only thing I don't like, and I, everyone else has complained about this, I hate seeing Mario in the real world. It really weirds me out. I don't, I don't understand how anybody thinks that's weirder than him hanging out with like a weird in a polygon pot with a giant bird with a chef hat on. I mean, how is that any more absurdist? That's that's fantastic, right? But yeah, there's magical realism. That's a real thing too, dude. Come he on. He plop his ass down the middle of New York City and next New to New Donk City. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> there's Goombas wearing hard hats. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It would have been less bizarre. You could if- possess a car. <laughs> Listen. If the rest of the humans look to be the same species as Mario, I probably would have forgiven it. But you see him walking next to a six-foot-tall man. Why is he two feet tall? This has changed everything I know about Mario. Uh, Somebody asked, I think it was probably, it might have been Kozumi, he's a funny dude, but they're doing an interview with like one of the designers for the new Mario game, and they're like, we have to ask, why does Mario look so much different than the people in New Donk City? And the response was, people people just look different sometimes. I was like, that is that is so wholesome and beautiful. That is the most wonderful thing I've heard in the current year. People just look different sometimes. That's advanced. That's <laughs> advanced. Oh, God. Okay, so hey, one of the predictions that we were kicking around in our Nintendo group chat, of course, someone predicted a Mario Odyssey Switch bundle. Uh, I think I said there's going to be no Mario Odyssey Switch bundle announced yet, but there will be something really stupid like a pocket dx bundle right i knew there's gonna be a super mario odyssey bundle i i'll go through and i'll screenshot it and we'll use that as the as we'll link that in the description <laughs> no, no you did you called it um i did not expect the joy cons necessarily i think i figured it would just be yeah, they've been really slow with the joy con i mean they did it with splatoon and they done it with this and they did the they've done now they just announced the pro controller for uh xenoblade but i, th- I thought there'd be a huge deluge of 
uh, different colored joy cons just because it makes sense you know people who buy nintendo stuff like to buy a bunch of nintendo stuff and it's a lot cheaper of a prospect than 150 dollars for a new 2ds I, i'm curious though if they've noticed that that joy con sales have not been maybe what they thought they were because they're so expensive well i think it's more so that it's hard to keep supply up with demand that's they that's also they need to sell more switches to sell more joy cons I'm sure they have their own roadmap for for all that, though. Right. Um, I f- honestly figured the uh, the bundle would have just been the dual reds with with the digital copy of the game. What we're getting is we're getting completely new red Joy-Con, the Blood Red, which actually look really nice. And we're getting the Mario carrying case, which I have the black version of this case. They did the, the same kind of bundle with Splatoon. With a Splatoon style carrying case and the with the pink and green zippers. I like that this is a it's all red. It's got the Mario cap. Like it's it's not just got the very subtle kind of map printing on the case itself too. Cool. I wonder how much they'll sell this for. Three fifty? Did they announce? It's a uh, three eighty. Three eighty. Yeah. Yikes. So the same prices for the the game and the console or the the game and the console and the carrying case separate, but it's just in one box. It's gonna be a holiday thing, you know. Ugh, bundles that don't save you any money. I hate it. Well, you're not going to save any money because there's supply and demand. You're not going to see anything that saves you money till like a year or two out. If that, it's Nintendo we're talking about. Yeah, Sam, I'm, did they ever really price drop Wii U? No. <laughs> no, they only got more expensive because they quit making them so soon. Well, because only four, 14 million people bought them and that was it. <laughs> sad, sad fate of the Wii U. So they'll break that in a, a, count, a fiscal year. Where's the switch at right now in terms of sales? Last reporting was over five million. That's really which nice. I think that was uh, end of summer quarter or spring quarter, whatever. You know, it was four months after release because end of May was uh, Q4 for Nintendo, and right. end of Q1 for them was the last time I saw financial details. I think their next financial reporting will be in October, so we'll see where they're at with the with sales by then. Got it. And then I saw, dude, I saw a crazy, crazy assessment. I don't think it's anywhere close to true, but I saw because, you know, there's all these different analysts and, oh, this console is going to sell this many units lifetime. Right. I can't remember what the, the analyst firm was called, but they they said they could see Switch hitting 130 million by 2022. That's fucking crazy. That's obscene. That's not going to happen. That's that's unprecedented. I mean, the PS2 did that. 140. DS did that. DS did that, but that was a little bit different, um, given the price point. Uh, Game Boy did like 120. But that was also over how many iterations and how many years? 12 years and three iterations. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, the Switch... And doing, PS2 numbers, they keep going up because they're still selling in Brazil for $200. That's crazy to me. The PS2 is still... <laughs> like, that's crazy. I'm assuming it's still selling, just because Sony loves inflating their numbers by continually selling in weird, weird different markets. Yeah, I don't know if they're still doing that, with the PS2, but but they, for years they did. In the next few years, we might see console sales in general going up just because of how the China market has been accept, more accepting for trade with electronics and like importing more electronics. Who knows? They're all... Uh, Southeast Asia is really big into PC gaming with like MOBAs and, and shooters and stuff. Internet cafes, that kind of thing. Who knows if a console will be able to break into that. I am curious to see, and we've talked about this before too, especially given the success of the Switch so far, and we'll see how far that carries. What will Microsoft and, and Sony do to compete with this? Will they, or they just say Nintendo's Nintendo and they're not eating into our market share necessarily? Like, I would love to see what Sony does as a direct answer to the Switch. It would be 
probably a better device in every way because that's Sony's MO. But if they were to release a PS4 successor and use the Switch as a blueprint, instead of... Because I could see Sony doing the Vita 2 and it would be like the Switch, but it would be a supplementary device to the PS5 or whatever. But what if mm. they just go all in and they just do their version of the Switch as their main console? PS4 is doing just fine. It is. It is. I don't I see. I don't see Sony doing that, especially with how badly they got burned by Vita. I mean, burned by their own, their own torch. But you know, right. I don't see Xbox trying to go into the handheld at all. Microsoft doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. In the next five years, they're going to be outside of the hardware game completely. I would imagine. Either that, or they compl- or they unify it because they what they want now. Microsoft, they want a platform. They're trying to unify Xbox with Windows 10. Right. So that just only makes the money. They don't. They they don't make money on hardware. They make money on software. So if you can buy the same games on your computer that you can buy on your Xbox, and they could, they've been treating their gamers really well with like cross buy, and with their backwards compatibility and their ex, uh, their their game service where you can actually download games, you're not streaming them over some like terrible internet connection that PS4 is doing. Right. Xbox is doing just fine. Sony's doing unprecedented numbers with the PS4. I don't know if either of them are really like bothered to try and compete with Nintendo on a handheld front. I, I mean, like I said, I, I would love to see what Sony's answer would look like. I don't give a shit about Microsoft. I feel like they're playing catch-up with everybody. Everything they're doing, they're playing catch-up with, with companies like Valve and Sony and even Nintendo in some ways where it just... no Nobody cares what they're doing. Nobody gives a shit what they're doing. Halo will yeah. come out in two years. They'll be relevant again for six months and they'll continue on not moving consoles and not releasing exclusive titles and it just... Who cares? I don't know. My view on it is Microsoft is is quote-unquote losing. Yeah, I mean, they've got smaller numbers, but I think they're doing fine for themselves. They've they've got probably around 30 million consoles out there. People are actually kind of excited for the, the One X inexplicably, which just means that we have no idea what people actually want. They're just fine in their own ecosystem. The console wars aren't really a thing anymore. Everyone's just kind of trying to get by. Everyone's trying to get by with their... You know, Sony's 60 million consoles in four years or whatever it is. Yeah, over 60. That's really, that's really crazy. In four years, right? Is that, this is late. Came out 20, yeah, it came out 2013. Big numbers. Well, anyway, let's move on to the, the headlines here. I know, like we've established, this is out of order. You know how I am with lists. Splatoon, I want to wait for Splatoon here because I know we're going to probably do a little bit deeper dive on that for a few minutes here because we've both (laughs) been playing a lot of Splatoon. Uh, so deeper dive. You got that? That's yeah. right. That's nice. Okay, so uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. We got we got uh, uh, some character announcements. A little bit about the Switch version. Zero interest. Zero interest. I've never given a shit about a Muso, and I never will. I am excited for the game, though. I played Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, you did. Zelda is a little more iconic. Um, I like the combat. I like the hack and slash. The the fervor of you know. I get it. It's it's fun to press buttons and make things explode. I, I really was excited for this for a minute, but the more characters I see, the less I care about. To be honest, I'm like, well, I don't care about that character or this game or that. Yeah, it's uh, primarily fates and uh, awakening characters, right? And and I, I'm all about those those awakening characters. Well, you don't yeah, want to see big, bigger fan of awakening. Right. Um, I want to see some of the classic characters, though. You know, not just the guys we got in Smash Bros., not just the fucking Roy's and the Monsters, but... Well, they just announced Lin. That's good. That's a good sign. Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out, but the fact that it's coming to 3DS, uh, to me, shows they don't have any confidence in the game, and they're trying to eke out a few more 
a few more copies. Or that they had the engine and they, they just wanted to really profit off of it. I mean, the Hyrule Warriors came to 3DS also. But it wasn't a simultaneous release. It came out much, much later. And that was because... Right. So they want to they justify making the engine work on 3DS. I guess that's true. I guess and this time true. it's only coming to new 3DS, new 2DS, just a new line of that generation of handheld. How fucking convoluted. <laughs> yeah, let me try to just try to communicate what I'm trying to say. Yeah, what a fucking nightmare. Oh, oh. Zero interest you have in that game. I will pick it up. You do that. I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> okay. Well, did you play Hyrule Warriors? Yeah, yeah I played uh, your copy for like half an hour. Half an hour. God damn it. I remember being really surprised by that game. Just the strategy elements. Like, yeah, the hack and slash can get a little repetitive, but there's enough going on. You know, you can get sort of frenetic. Are you trying to tell me that half an hour of a Warriors game isn't enough to get the true depth of it? Well, I feel like I had a pretty good inkling of what was going on. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Nick. I it loved it. Me. I'm sorry. It was, a, it was a, quite the love letter to Zelda fans. I love how they incorporated all different That's eras. Cool. That's very cool. I agree. I basically, I'm judging the shit out of you, and I hold it against you that you did not enjoy a game that I enjoyed. How fucking dare you? Usually you're judging me for whenever you ask me how a game is, I'm just like, that's ah, okay. And you're like, you ever <laughs> say if it's good or bad? And the first time I say something's bad, and you're like, well, I don't think it's bad. You're wrong because <laughs> okay. it's a love letter to Zelda. Okay. And I'm a huge Zelda fan. <laughs> well, you, did, you didn't say it was bad. You think it's bad? Damn. No, it's, bo- it's boring. People like it, and that's fine. People can Fair like enough. that. Fair I enough. get it. I get why We were just like talking it. about that. I asked you about a, a certain game you've been playing. Like, mm, it's okay. And it's like, when's the last time a game really knocked your socks off where you were just like, man, this fucking game is doing things to my body. Yeah, and I gave you two examples and you were like, oh, I'd pull that completely win in one year, not the other. No, no, you said so Dark Souls. that's why I don't give you an honest opinion. No, you told I'll me. trust you to believe me. <laughs> I don't trust you to believe me. Okay, no, you said Dark Souls and I do remember you were, you geeked, you were geeking out about uh, Dark Souls 3 when that came out. Yeah, I was trying to get you to play. I was trying to get you to play Dark Souls 1. Oh, you did, I, tried I did. To get you, I tried to get you to actually play Hyperlight Drifter, but you just, you play an hour and then you're like, you fall asleep because it's too much for your puny brain. Oh, wow. <laughs> you hit me with some some uh, some heavy truths here, man. No, Hyperlight Drifter, I do own that on the PS4. I bought the physical copy from, I think, I Am 8-Bit release set. I buy it again on Switch. Here's the deal. You come to Eugene... I will sit down and I will play it right there in front of you. That's the deal. Trying to bribe me? I, I am. <laughs> You're like, I don't give a shit if you play that game or not. I'm not driving down to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe drive two hours, three hours. Five and a half it's a, hours. It's actually a six hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> it took me eight hours one time. I had to get on a, on a, on a flight. <laughs> <laughs> was, we had a layover. <laughs> <laughs> layover in Salem. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, it's like an hour and a half trip. Okay, anyway, so let's move on to Snipper Clips here. We got a Snipper Clips sequel. Super cool. I mean, well, it's like a plus. Is yeah. that literally what's called? Snipper Clips Plus? Cut it but, out together. Oh, that's cool. They like remix the old levels, add all new levels. Physical release. <gasps> like, hey, man, Snipper Clips was a really nice surprise. We had a lot of fun playing that for a couple hours when the Switch released. Yeah, that was that was really tight. I wish we had beaten it. We never we never got back to beating it. Now's um, the chance. <laughs> here's something I can't remember if I ever talked about on a pod. I, I don't think I did, but I, I want to mention it. I was so happy and so thankful. Snipper Clips is the first time ever that I've been able to sit down with my girlfriend, who is not a gamer by any means. I can never get her to play games with me. Like she'll she'll button mash on some, some uh, Smash Bros. If all yeah. our friends are together... 
She'll so Mario Kart. She'll play Mario Kart. She'll play some very, very terrible Mario Kart. Um, but she gets frustrated. Everyone plays Mario Kart, though. Well, sure. But she gets really frustrated easily and then gives up and doesn't want to do it anymore. Snipper clips. We had such a good fucking time. We one afternoon we sat down. I said, I said, Sarah, I am making you play this. I gave her a Joy-Con, and and the learning curve was a little tough trying to show her how things worked. But once mm. we got it, every level had us just fucking cracking up. It was so much fun trying to figure it out, and it was a lot more frustrating playing with her than it was playing with you or my brother. But she was having a good time, and I just I remember sitting there laughing our asses off. Uh, some of the ridiculous things and trying to cut each other properly so we could navigate these levels. Stripper clips, I think, is just like the the perfect introduction to for people to like get into video games more of the caliber that you or I are kind of interested in. Right. Just because it's low stakes. There's like not a lot of punishment. If you get stuff wrong, you know, always just reform and start over. It's very simple controls. You know, it's just working on a 2D, 2D plane. And you both are on the same team, so you don't get that that competitive thrill or discouragement right plus it's just super cute i did not realize when or during the direct at this point i had kind of checked out I, I was actually in the middle of working and i was trying to watch it on my phone while also working with another person on my computer so i was God, like of course i was all i was kind of all over the place so i didn't realize initially that that they were releasing a physical edition yeah 30 bucks so that's very very or cool. if you have the original you can spend ten dollars and get the the plus version. Very cool. Sort of tacked on. You know, I've been, you know, I talked about it earlier as I'm trying to retrain my collector's brain, but I'm in this in-between phase as well where I'm like, I love the convenience of having digital games and I don't oh, have yeah, to dude. swap cards out. I can just, boom, there's, here's everything I need right with me. And certain kind of games, like, like I, I just bought Destiny 2 and I just said, you know what? I don't need to go buy a disc for this. I'm just going to buy it digitally so I can always have it ready to go. I don't have to be swapping things out. I'm getting like that on my Switch, and I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not ready to not buy physical games, but I'm feeling just dumb enough to buy the game twice. <laughs> like, oh, no. Don't do that. Isn't that bad? It's That's terrible. the worst of all options. Yes, it's terrible. It's like, like you know when that Animal Crossing drops, if it ever drops. I'm buying it physically and I'm buying it digitally. I, I just am. Oh, man, it's just dude. happened. That's why I did on the 3DS. I... I <laughs> I can't it's justify stupid. that. It's stupid. I, I, I totally get it, though. It's so stupid. Because there's something so nice about having the physical option and just being like, I have this for any Switch I encounter, not right. just mine. It'll never go anywhere. But, and the download, though, is so convenient. You just And plus, it's, it's compounded with how quick the Switch UI is, where you just go home, start a new game. It's just bop, bop, instant. So quick, so easy. But at the same time, I have a, my Switch case can hold 20 games. And it's not that big of a deal for me to just unclick a cartridge out and put a new one in. Here's I'm not thing. that lazy. <laughs> Listen to me. When you, when you say it out loud and you try to break it down logically, it's ludicrous to think that swapping the game cart is, is honestly inconvenient in any way. But I cannot tell you how many times it has actually prevented me from playing any other game that wasn't already in my device. Whether it's my PlayStation, whether it's my Switch, it doesn't matter. Whatever's in half the time, I'm just going to play it because I don't want to have to go dig my games out, swap this card around, and then, oh, now I want to jump back into a game of Splatoon, let me swap the... Like, it's it's not a burden, but it's such a burden. It makes more sense, especially with the Switch, because it's portable, so you could be sitting on the toilet and be like, oh, I want to start a game of Splatoon, but my game case is in my room, it's under my bed or whatever. Right. Whereas your PS4, it's nailed to the ground. No, that thing, you're not hucking that thing anywhere. <laughs> well, speak for no yourself. No normal person is, at least. I, I have a, a specialty 
designed backpack. I wear it. Proprietary cooling. Does it fit it, your katana too? <laughs> it's, I have a headset. Fedora? I have a headset that attaches to my fedora and <laughs> it feeds right uh, into yes. my sunglasses. So yes. <laughs> I can play anywhere I want. Any fucking way. Let's move on. Let's move on, okay, please. Perfect. Please. Morphe's Law. That looks cute. That looks fun. Talk to me about Morphe's Law. Tell me about it. That was shown initially at the Nindies event a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? I do not recall because I did not watch the Nindies event. Pretty sure it was. It's a third-person shooter, team-based. You are these weird little mannequins, sort of a candy skull, Dia de los Muertos kind of vibe. Right. And when you shoot your opponent, depending on where you're shooting them, that part on them gets smaller and that part on you gets bigger. So you're getting headshots, their head starts shrinking, yours gets real big, you look like a bobblehead. And really as silly. you get as you get larger and as certain body parts get larger, you unlock different moves. But also your your opponents are a harder target to hit, so it kind of self-balances. So kind of interesting. This is launching first on the Switch, but who is developing this game? Uh no idea. At first I saw of it was on Steam. It might be early access or I I just it looked familiar. I I'd, I'd seen this before. Oh, Cosmoscope. Who the fuck is Cosmoscope? Question of the century. They're the developers of Morphe's Law. Coming soon Apparently. on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Nintendo obviously isn't a big fan of the typical, you know... Well, I'm saying this right as we got a Wolfenstein and Doom announcement, but historically don't like a lot of the, you know, the Call of Duties or the... I'm not know. sure if Nintendo doesn't like them or if those games just have historically not sold as well on Nintendo platforms. I think Nintendo's strive so hard to be like the kid safe option right that we may not be we're like oh why would they do this this is so lame that they don't let voice chat work because of trying to keep the kids safe but like that does go a long way for parents of like younger children mm, really worked for the wii u huh worked for the wii well that blue ocean strategy got that thing into retirement homes clearly <laughs> it was a safer option they weren't playing call of duty because they were there you know they were there. <laughs> <laughs> so historically yeah but i think they may be pivoting and publishers may be pivoting and uh, getting the things to work on Nintendo platforms better. Who knows? But this definitely fits with the Nintendo vibe of just totally. being like total chuckle, shoot em up fun, you know? Right. I'm, I'm certainly down to try this out when it comes out. This is totally wacky concept right up my alley. But you know what is really up my alley and that I haven't played in a while, but I dearly, dearly miss? Describe your alley to me and what is up it. Well, I'll show you my alley. And you can decide what goes up. <laughs> okay. Let me get a strike in that alley. That was bad. Okay, we're done here. Guys, this has been the Console Crusade Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, no, Rocket League, man. Rocket oh, yeah, League. That, that little game. I'm so, so fucking happy this is coming to the Switch. Oh, I put, Indie Darling. <laughs> I put probably 300 plus... I know I've hit 300, but I, I don't know how far that extends. But 300 plus hours on the Steam version... I'd probably put another 40 or 50 hours on the PS4 version. I will be very, very happy when this comes and I to the, the uh, Switch. I can hit hook up my phone, mobile hotspot. I can play this on the go, play this on the toilet. Uh, perfect pick-up-and-play game. Like, I mean, it's going to be so at home on, on the Switch. If, as they've been saying, this is a one-to-one version, um, feature complete, if it, if it runs at the same frame rate and the online issues are not typical Nintendo. Well, that's the thing is, I don't know. People talk about online stuff on Nintendo, but <clears throat> they always do it in the context of Nintendo uh, produced or published or developed games. And that isn't really indicative of the hardware, really. And I can't think of, 
it's not like third parties have gone out and said whether the online infrastructure is comparable to PS4, or Xbox One, or PC, or what what it's like. So, and I don't know. Uh, Rocket League's is server based, not as a peer to peer as a server. Like I don't know yeah, I don't that thing. Know. All I know is that um, I watched a YouTube breakdown of the uh, not the server load, but like how the ping works and saying that the netcode for Rocket League is among the the best netcodes out of any any of the AAA games, kind of comparable to Overwatch and uh, CS:GO and that kind of kind of stuff. So clearly they they've got it like nailed down from their own end, and they're introducing new things. Like it seems like every week, like I just heard recently that they're you can party up with people on different platforms, which is a huge huge win for Rocket League. Like if you're playing on Steam and I'm on Switch. We got our buddy Andrew playing on PS4. We can all play together if we want to. That's so sick. That's that's really great. And Rocket League has always been good about the cross-platform play. But this will be the first time that you can actually party up cross-platform, which right. which uh, will be huge. And if it works properly, it will be very exciting. You know, you were saying earlier, I think off-pod, you're curious, curious as to why more developers don't try to do this. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine... It has to be deals with the the platform holders themselves. They don't want people playing on multiple platforms. They want them playing on their own platform. And the more barriers they can erect between themselves and and others, then that's that's all for the best. I mean, we see that with uh, how Minecraft, the Play it Everywhere update or whatever, isn't working with PS4 because they're they are the biggest platform as far as consoles go. So they don't want to cross play with Xbox. Xbox is totally fine for that because they're kind of lagging behind. Right. But Nintendo's in it. Xbox is in it, PC is in it, all the iPad, uh, Android, tablet, they're all in it. This is PS4. They don't want they don't want people playing on anything besides PS4. We got a TI-84 version of Minecraft out there. We got cross, cross-platform play with that. Oh, yeah. It's still a Wi-Fi chip at our TI-84. They're probably up to 85 by now. It's been 30 years. <laughs> I haven't had to use a calculator in over a decade, man. We have phones now. Yeah, come on. There are a couple of other little things here that uh, I don't care to talk about, but in the uh, interest of, you know. I kind of just spit them out, you know. Okay, so let me go through some of the smaller things here. Just give a little pause and I'll give my super articulate response. Okay. Arena of Valor. Oh, that's that MOBA by Tencent. Yep. It's kind of interesting. There's Batman in that game. Anyway. What the hell? It's a MOBA. It's so strange. League of Legends. Yeah. Trying to get that Korea market, maybe. So I wonder if this is going to be, I mean, it looks just like League of Legends, man. It's made by the same people. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's on mobile already. Has it gotten decent reviews? I have no idea. What, how can you review a MOBA? What's Dota's well, review? Those games are, it's a games of service games are impossible to review. You can't look up a World of Warcraft review. Well, that's anyway, not keep true. Anyway, keep going that's with the tiles. Come on, I'm trying to get Come snappy on, with mother, this. Motherfucker. Flip Wars. Spend time with Arena of Valor. What was that? Flip Wars. Uh, yeah, it's that Bomberman looking kind of indie game where you're butt slamming tiles. Looks like looks yeah, all right. Looks like it just uh, got a little bit of an update here. Is that already exists? Is it already out? Uh, mm, I don't know. I think it is. Whatever. Yeah, it, I think it launched on Friday, actually. Yeah. Not a game I'm going to be spending money on. That's for damn sure. All right. Here's something a little more interesting. Nintendo Arcade Classics on the Nintendo hmm, Switch. Yeah. Done by the same people who have been doing the... Neo Geo, Arcade Archives. Arcade Archives? Mm-hmm. So what all is this going to entail? What will it all include? Well, they've mentioned pretty much 
not like Nintendo has a bunch of arcade games. They got on the console the console market pretty quick after their brief foray into arcade cabinets, but they showed uh, Arcade Punch Out. They showed a bunch of the the VS titles, the versus titles like Mario Bros. versus Clue Clue Clan versus Ice Climbers, uh, all those kind of different arcade versions that haven't been really playable on the prior platforms with a virtual console. It's kind of interesting. I don't really have any nostalgia for arcade games in general, so it's tough for me to kind of get excited for this. Uh, Nick, I'm losing you. Nick, I'm losing you on the Skype, bro. Uh-oh, everybody. I don't know if Nick can hear me. I've lost him. I heard I heard his his voice come through the void just briefly. There he is again. Nope. You're making robot noises. Why are we losing the internet? Someone's using the microwave in, in, in Nick's home right now, everybody. Someone's warming up some pita bread. To go along with a fresh bowl of homemade hummus. It's interrupting the, the Wi-Fi. I just got a message from Nick Durheim that said, Internet? Well, guys, this has been the Consecration Podcast. Oh, he's calling me back, folks. There's the boy. <laughs> he back. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? You, you slow motion fell into complete stillness. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so. Here's the freaking deal. Bethesda, dude, coming in clutch. I'm loving this Bethesda Nintendo partnership. Obviously, you mentioned we got uh, Doomport and Wolfenstein 2 going to be launching on the Switch simultaneously. I believe with the no, no, is it coming out later? Wolfenstein 2 comes out October this year, and it's coming out 2018 on Switch. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, that's irritating. I mean, it's still cool. I mean, it's cool that we're getting it, but um, I was hoping this was going to be the. There's the, no way it would launch on the same day as Switch anyway, because Mario Odyssey is on that day. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's Mario Odyssey, Wolfenstein 2, and Assassin's Creed Origins. All oh on the boy. 27th. Wow. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited for the Assassin's Creed game. It's a deluge of games. Oh, man. Think next year we're going to get an Assassin's Creed on Switch? Oh, knowing Ubisoft. They've already got Snowdrop running on Switch. That's what uh, Mario Plus Rabbids is in. We're going to be getting Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Switch next year. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, port after port after port. I was really hoping Just, just that- like Wii U. <laughs> Oh, no, they did get that terrible version, didn't they? The thing, man, the thing about the Switch is is I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where we're seeing simultaneous releases. You can hope for it, but I think it's just going to be the port machine, even for, for third-party and AAA games, because of the extra cost, because of the extra development time needed to to make these things work on the Switch. I just... Uh, I mean, it's cool. It's cool if you are a Nintendo fan, but... It's just going to be hard for Nintendo, I think, to stay competitive with the you know the larger market. If I mean they're getting a Doom port, when did Doom come out? A year ago. Yeah, you know, like that's awesome for people who own a Switch. And it's also those two games are the only games made in that uh, engine. What engine is that? Intex Six. Oh God! Never the Dishonored games, the Dishonored and Prey games are in Intex Five. Um, so yeah, Intex Six. That's like their latest iteration of that. It's cool that they're able to get a lot of these engines working on the Switch, though. That engine is really, really scalable. Makes a lot of sense that those games would work. Another thing we've talked about, I, I'm pretty sure, prior on the pod, is Game of Thrones. And about how, fuck that show, I don't watch that show. Well, Nick, I've been watching the shit out of that show for the first time ever. You've been binging it? How far uh, are you? Um, so I'm on season two. Oh, God, what just happened? Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones from seven years ago. Great Tyrion stuff going on season two. Um, yeah, he just got appointed Hand of the King, obviously. 
He's just a wily bastard, dude. Well, uh, not obviously. Come on. That's a big spoiler in and of itself. If you haven't oh, seen sorry, it. I said spoiler. Alert. Whatever. Yeah, no one cares. So um, <laughs> I think what just happened was the all the bastard children just got killed. Mm-hmm. That's episode one. Yeah, they came for Gendry and, and um, Littlefinger threatened the queen. And she's like, power is power. Power is power. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that light was coming too. I looked at Sarah and I was like, power is power. And she's like, how did you know? And I was like, because it's so obvious. Yeah, that's the kind of satisfying lead you into the... That's the kind of stuff I do like. Yeah. So anyway, I've been watching it. I've been enjoying it. It's instilled in me this 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 fever to play Skyrim again. It's, it, whenever I hear the music and and you see some of the world, and it's gotten me, like I said, instilled in me this desire to play Skyrim again, which I've dabbled with since 2011. Uh, played yeah, a little various bit. mod stuff, yeah, probably. Yeah, but I haven't really sunk tons of time into it since like 2012, 2013. So mm. I'm really excited to play, sit on the toilet, sit in bed, whatever, play this game again. I think it's confirmed that this is the special edition, the overhaul with the new lighting and textures yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So that's good. I don't know. Yeah, this is Clearly, it's going to look uh, much better than the 360, and hopefully it'll run better than the PS3 version. Not going to have memory leaks so badly. Like, Dude, the PS3 version was, yeah, just atrocious. I mean, hopefully after... This many years at this point, this game will have been in development for over a decade, right? Well, I don't think they've really spent the entirety of the last six years working on the Switch version. No, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, like we, by the time the DLC quit being released and the bug fixes on the various platforms, and then they came out with the re releases and doing it all over again, like, hopefully, this iteration will run and run well, and I don't have to start the game over every. 20 hours because there's some game breaking glitch like hopefully I can just play through it once get it all out of my system and have a, a satisfying you know 100 hour run no yeah I'm sure that all the game breaking stuff was probably hammered out by now you're still gonna get the goofy interactions that Skyrim's known for like getting smacked into the, the sky by a giant or something rolling cheese wheels down a hill trying to make sick baskets sick well, dunks it wouldn't be Skyrim if you weren't able to do that exactly you know, it's nice to see big name third party developers come to the Switch. Obviously, we've got Bethesda and you know Capcom's doing some stuff now. Initially, we thought <laughs> barely, sure, but the Resident Evil and it's Revelations, though. I mean, they're 3DS games. No one's cared about that ever. <laughs> Fair enough, but I think they're testing the waters. And Ultra Street Fighter Two for forty dollars. Yeah, that's basically ridiculous. a port of a 360 game that came out ten years ago. For, that was a, like a fifteen dollar game then. It's but, just, I'm still a bit salty about that no, kind of stuff. I, I, get it. I would buy Street Fighter if it was a reasonable price. There's no way I'm dropping 40 bucks on that. It's, I think, important for them to test the market and see how, how their stuff will sell on the Switch. This is weird, though, because Capcom Capcom historically has been you know, pretty buddy-buddy with Nintendo, and there's some very clear, easy wins that they could, they could get that they've released just in the past year with like the Mega Man Legacy Collections 1 and 2 and the Disney Afternoon Collection. Why isn't that coming to Switch? Why isn't Okami HD coming to Switch? I mean, there's it's just the really dumb things that they're doing. And we got Bethesda, who's like never put a game out on a Nintendo console, putting three games out, like confirmed. That's just wild. And like three big games. Not like they're weird little, they're not putting Fallout Shelter on the Switch. Not yet, at least. Right. It's just around the corner. That'll be the next probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. But hey, I mean, I'm really happy for uh, big uh, Western publishers supporting the Switch. I'm happy about that. I'm just, it just doesn't make sense that Capcom would completely just screw up like this. I mean, it makes sense because it's Capcom, but I don't know. Ma, ma, old man, old man yells at Sky. Wario yells at Sky. Shakes fists at Sky. 
Wow. But so so a couple other things here. There's an arms update. Uh, the only yeah. thing worth noting, I think, is the there's new character and there's uh, control options, which is nice. Control options, which I hate when it when a when a company holds a feature back from you that should have been a no brainer, and then they sell it to you like it's this like revolutionary. Like finally, you're able to now remap your controls. It's like that's such a standard feature, and you're you're making a big deal about it in a direct. It's just so lame to me. As far I mean, yeah, it's a standard feature, but it's it's still too many games don't have that option just built in anyway. So you've heard of ARMS. Now get ready for ARMS with controller remapping. Like it's just like it was so melodramatic. Know, it's just, it fucking it just whatever. It's good though. That's the skeptic and the the angry man, little man in you. But for me, it's just like, oh yeah, that's cool. Because they had they'd already announced it beforehand. That wasn't like a new news. I mean, that's just a bigger platform that they're like, oh, yeah, and you can remap your controls now. Over a million people bought that game, so I, I got a player base. And then 800,000 people quit playing it the day Splatoon 2 came out. I mean, that's how multiplayer games work. How many people are playing other multiplayer games now that Disney 2 are out? You know, they broke 1.2 million concurrent users on both platforms. That's nice. I like big a numbers. Lot. I like big numbers. So Dragon Quest Builders. I know people were really Holy high man. on that game. That came out to Vita, PlayStation. Excuse me, I'm yeah. yawning here. Bad yeah, manners. that's really bad audio. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired. This is like a weird Dragon Quest version of 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 Minecraft. A little deeper gameplay. It's more like a it's more like a weird Minecraft version of Dragon Quest. But I get your point. <laughs> what did I say? Fuck off. You said Dragon Quest versions of Minecraft, but oh, whatever. whatever. That'd be like Minecraft with with like turn based combat stuff. <laughs> Have you seen anything about this game? Uh, Builders? Yeah. Just like uh, short little gameplay snippets and various different podcasts talking about their impressions of it. Yeah, it seems to be right at home on the Switch. I mean, what what isn't, right? Seems right not up my alley. Right, so I haven't right. really cared too much about it. I played Minecraft like eight years ago and wasn't really... Didn't capture me then. I don't think it would capture me now. Here's something that we heard about a little little while ago. L.A. Noir. Coming to the Switch. Really cool. Really great news. Getting a Rockstar game that they're remastering it. Whatever. Coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and even having a little VR thing. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Rockstar. It's just great to see Rockstar on board. We already knew Take-Two was, and 2K is obviously, they've got two games coming out for their sports franchises this year, but seeing a legitimate Rockstar game gives people, a lot, a lot of people hope for uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 or... I think more of a pipe dream it would be Red Dead Redemption 2, but maybe even just Red Dead Redemption. That'd be kind of cool. I never got to play that game. I've heard very good things about it, though. Yeah, um, I don't think Red Dead Redemption holds up. I guess it depends. For someone who plays a lot of the open, big open world games as they come out, Right. I went back to Red Dead five years after it was released. That game was 2010, right? I believe um, so. That sounds right. Yeah, I played that in summer 15, and I was really underwhelmed, after, especially after playing you know, the Skyrims and the... Even the, some of the Assassin's Creed games, like it just Black Flag, yeah, yeah, like it just. I get why it was such a uh, uh, a popular game, and I don't want to say revolutionary game because I don't think it was revolutionary, but it was an important game, and I get it. But it didn't hold up to me. It wasn't that much fun. I kind of just for an open world game it was very very linear. Just the vibe I got was that it was a really cool kind of take on a western. Yeah, I mean for something that's so ubiquitously known and like I don't know about popular, but people. Respect a good Western, right? Not a lot of Western games. How many cowboy games come out each year? Good question. So, I mean, Red Dead, they filled that niche. Yeah. And totally. now anytime any, anybody would put out a cowboy game, they think of Red Dead. And that's the first thing they compare it to. 
I am honestly, from what little I've seen about Red Dead Two, I'm excited to get that that aesthetic and and oh, the one trailer that showed a year ago now. I did not crazy the the one announcement that they delayed it, and then we have not heard a single thing since. <laughs> Rockstar, they don't care. They they don't need they don't need to hype themselves up. You think that's why they are re-releasing something old like Eleanor as sort of a stopgap? Well, th- that's like maybe. I mean, that's a a different studio that's working on the ports themselves, but. Dude, it's cool. We're we're getting some uh, Switch exclusive control options. You know, taking advantage of the Joy Cons as opposed to the Wiimote, We actually have the full suite of buttons too, so you're not locked into actually having to do the waggle stuff. But if right. you feel like it, you can. I definitely think I will, especially after you know. I just played. I got to use the Oculus headset for the first time. The Vive, not the Oculus. The Vive. Vive is the top of the line one, right? Well, I think Rift is kind of closing the gap because they just put out the touch controllers and they okay. added the second uh, camera mm. so you can actually do room scale. But I think that just VR stuff in general is going to have a, a new iteration pretty soon. But I was just playing the Vive uh, a couple weeks ago and they had one of the, the demo games, Castle Tower Defense game, and you're, you, you are using the bow and arrow, you got both hand controllers, right? And you, you're grabbing your arrow off and you light it on fire on the torch next to you and you're... You're, like it was really a trippy experience. It was very cool. Honestly, I was I was impressed. But playing that, I was like, oh, I'm actually excited to try the motion controls in Skyrim. Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of the development for the motion controls were cross developed between the Skyrim VR and the Nintendo Switch version too. So that's pretty much it for the for the direct. And we got a little bit of NBA, WWE, FIFA, like all that sort of the typical general stuff. People fans of the series. <laughs> I guess 2K18 NBA 2K18s had a lot of issues on the Switch. It's had some problems. I think if I saw other problems with the other consoles as well, they, they just kind of just has a shaky launch sometimes. That's right. part of the development cycle for yearly AAAs. The the biggest thing for the Switch version is that when if you buy it physical, you still need a SD card to fit all the the download stuff for it because so it comes with like day one patch of like twenty twenty six gigs. Right. And then the save game files themselves are five gigs a piece for each individual save. And I think that's only going to get worse too as time goes on and games get bigger. And There's literally no reason why a save file needs to be five gigabytes. That's just bad optimization. That is kind of crazy. It's the hubris of third-party developers working with consoles that have 500 gigabyte hard drives built in. The hubris. <laughs> the hard drive I mean, hubris. <laughs> I, literally. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Mario Odyssey, the entire game is five gigabytes. I mean... There's no reason why a save file needs to be five gigabytes, EJ. It's an XML sheet. It's just numbers. It's just You're not numbers. saving textures and sounds to a save file. You don't need five gigabytes. That's so much space. <laughs> Try and make a five gigabyte spreadsheet in Excel right now. That'd be, that's crazy. Right? That'd be I crazy. Mean, there's no reason. But at the same time, they're reaching a lot closer to just feature complete parity with the other consoles that with this than, say, FIFA is. So right. for that, I'm like, okay, that's cool, but try to, try to trim the fat. Just try to, try to trim the fat a little bit. Let's dial it back here. Yeah, five gigabytes worth of save files. Yeah. That's weird. Well, let's fucking move on from this then, huh? Can't do. A couple little things before we get into what we've been playing lately to, to close this out. Super NES Classic. We got that an sure announcement. It's a classic thing. It is. <laughs> it is. We got an announcement that they will, there will be two million units Available at launch, which was the lifetime total of NES classics right? over the last year. But also, they're re-releasing the NES classic. Finally, Nintendo seems to be listening and 
realizing that, hey, money's not bad. You know, Nintendo is a really big company and they've got a lot of plates that they're spinning. So it takes a lot of work to get this kind of production undergoing and to like rework out licensing deals. Because I'm sure when they did the first run of NES Classics, they just had like, okay, Konami, Square, Capcom, we're making this many, we'll pay this much. And for them to reissue it, they have to re-hammer out those same deals. And like, it's just, there's got there's way more behind the scenes that you're probably not taking into account. Probably, but also when you're a billion dollar company i'm just i'm not I get, get it done you don't get to be a billion dollar company by making stupid purchases either no but get it done and they're getting it done you know i exactly. get it but the super nice classic i'm gonna be really really bummed if if we see a similar i'm not concerned about it at all they even said they're going they're producing them into 2018 as well but that can mean a lot of things like the nes classic was in production for how long but they were trickling them out by the thousands for you know, every month you know, I'm not worried about it. I mean, I certainly hope that I can go out day one and get my hands on it. I mean, the NES Classic, I waited months before I found one at a Walmart. By happenstance, calling them at midnight. As the waited, that, the was like, that was like a month. That was a month. Was it a month? Yeah. You got it before Christmas, and that came out in November. Did I get it before Christmas? Or like late October. Yeah, you got it before Christmas. Pretty sure. I don't recall. I don't know. So yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's good news. Yeah, we haven't even done a podcast since they announced the NES or SNES Classic. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, have two podcasts ago. We were uh, spitballing ideas of what it would look like and what would be on it. And that <laughs> was like three months ago. Did we not? You're right, because then we did the E3 pod and they announced it right after E3, right? Yeah, a little bit after E3. Holy shit. That's terrible. We're terrible. Sorry, guys. So, Flog, somebody with a bigger brain than I. Big old brain. <laughs> they have a big old brain. They probably watch a lot of sports. And you, you don't get a brain like that by playing video games. Oh, no. Uh, but they dug into this, the Switch code, and they found a working NES emulator with a, a fully functioning build of golf, NES golf on it. I saw a few updates where they thought you could access it if you rolled the, the, uh, rolled the Switch internal clock back to the date that Iwata passed. Then it turns out, oh, well, you can't actually access it unless you add it, you cheat your way through it using the console commands or something, right? So we still don't know how the average Joe can get a hold of it, but there's video of the guy actually playing a build of this this old game. So I, I'm curious as to why this is here. So the NES simulator, the Switch is going to play NES games within like a matter of months. Well, I'm, so I'm curious, is this, this has been here since since the, the unit shipped, right? Probably. That's what I can assume. So... They're they're gearing up for virtual console, either that or they had like thirty megabytes that they could spare, and they're just like, well, let's just play NES games on this thing while we're waiting. Just kept it as a little Easter egg. That's that's honestly what I'm leaning to. I feel like it'd be weird if this were an indication relating to virtual console, right? Golf confirmed for the virtual console. Like, just what a weird what a weird <laughs> thing, right? Like um, people talk about it, like, oh, you can play NES games on this way. Oh, fucking course you like, can. Yeah, no, oh, no fucking kidding. course you can. Like, <laughs> this isn't news to anybody. Um, so I'm leaning more towards it being an Easter egg of some kind, especially given the the code about was it July 11th or something, and Iwata is passing, and you know, yeah, I think it's like just that. an Easter egg. That's cool though. Golf was a fucking classic game. Uh, it certainly is a thing that is on the Switch. <laughs> It is. I want to know how I can access it. I don't it. have a lot to say about it, honestly. It's just like, oh, okay, okay. Okay. Let me know when I can buy golf for $8 on the virtual console, okay? Come on, man. NES games are, are four bucks, generally. Ah, too much money. Too much fucking money. Uh, so last thing here, before we get into what we've been playing, a couple of titles that are confirmed to be coming to the Switch, but do not have release windows necessarily. 
Stardew Valley, Ukulele, Golf Story, Hollow Knight. Talking about these. Anything that sticks out to you on that list? Stardew Valley, their launch window was summer 2017. Right. That's, uh, don't think that's happening. You know, they just actually released an update. They've been releasing updates, but it's always like, stay tuned. We'll tell you more later. And that's, that's literally not an update. Well, okay. So they said that, that it's been off for final checks. However, they explained it in greater detail. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything if we don't, if we don't know how long that takes and we don't know whether or not those final checks are going to come back positive and they're going to get green to go. Okay. Right. So that's like a non, that's a non update. I mean, it could take forever, but likely it won't. And at least we know that it's been sent off. Like they are done with it unless it comes back with some red flags. They aren't sitting tweaking it still. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, that's a, that's a non-update. It'd be like, yep, still programming the game. Well, okay. You know, it, it just means nothing. Well, it's like saying like, it's kind of when a company says the game has gone gold. Like, what does that mean? Well, that means that it's ready to be printed, ready to be shipped. But what does that mean? But it literally means nothing because day one patches are a thing. What does it mean? Stardew Valley has been a game for over a year now. That's true. So they don't, the only things they're doing is stuff they're doing with the, the game on other platforms as well. So it's not like they need to add more features to this build per se. Porting an entire game over to a new architecture. Someone who's been talking even less about their game, Ukulele, that you get like maybe a, a minor, even less than that kind of update once every two months. Well, to be fair... That game did not do well, uh, and and then they had the JonTron controversy with the whole. That, that was a non-issue too. That was a non-controversy. Well, it pissed a people John off. A JonTron controversy. <laughs> Everything <laughs> pisses everyone off. That's true. But they Destiny I think, Two having hate symbols in their game pissed someone off. Dude, kick, dude. Oh my kick. god. Good kick, dude. But yeah, I mean, ukulele. I, that's still a game I have interest in. Did I get a PC release? Yeah, it's been on sale several times since it came out too. I keep getting emails about it. And you're just holding that for that Switch release? Yeah, I'd rather have it on Switch. Can't hold that against you. Uh, Golf, Golf Story. So it's supposed to be out this month, but it's just weird that they haven't just been like, oh, it's out next week. Because it's there's only like a week left in September almost. I've heard a lot of good things about this. I don't know enough about it. It looks, it looks really, really cute. looks really fun. Did you say Gives a me Golf RPG? Yeah. Give, give, give that to me with a Mario skin. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, I want you that classic Mario Golf RPG. Um, this no-name indie developer can't afford the Mario skin. <laughs> no shit. I don't want them to give it to me. I want Nintendo to give it to me. Nintendo's Adoy. not going to make a pixel art game in the current year. It is the current year. You're right. And then last but definitely not least, this is a game that I was really excited to hear about. And then I was super excited to hear those come to Switch. But it's been very quiet on the front. It's Hollow Knight. And they're even getting a like a DLC kind of pack like for Halloween. And it's going to be the last thing we heard about Switch was that the Switch version would would just include it with the base game. What is Hollow Knight? It is that highly thrown around word Metroidvania, mm. but you're like this weird little insect with wearing a weird skull helmet thing. You're using the little needle sword, get different powers to help you traverse through the the world. Lots of different enemy variations. Really, right. really cool dark art style. Very cool aesthetic. And everything I've heard about it is that it plays really well, plays really tight. It's like a lot of people's favorite games of that genre of the past like year or two. So I'm into that kind of style of gameplay. And I don't know. It just seemed like a game I'd be interested in. I was a brief subscriber to IndieBox. I think I signed up when Super Meat Boy was announced uh, back in the, in, the, in the spring. It was like April or something. And 
I, I rushed to sign up for that before they, you know, before that closed out so I could get that physical edition. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't cancel it. So I ended up getting like three more in the mail. Literally had not opened any of them. They've just are, they're still wrapped in the original packaging, but Hollow Knight was announced. And I remember the picture for that, uh, with the man, the little skull man. And that was very interesting to me. So I looked more into it and, and I said, Oh, actually an indie indie box. I'll be interested in, in trying this out. Well, then I, uh, they shipped it to my old apartment and it got sent back. And I'm, I'm currently in the middle of this, fucking huge hassle trying to get this game that I paid for to get sent back to me. Uh, just, it's just been a nightmare there. The indie boxes, customer service, custody battle. <laughs> dude, they're, they're terrible. They're horrendous. Still haven't heard anything. So I don't know what's going on with that, but um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll actually get that game and I'll send it to the right address. Who knows? I bet. Switch version. Right at home on the switch. What isn't right at home on the switch? Name one game that wouldn't. Oh, don't no. Don't, I'm kidding. Don't do that. I see that face. Uh, <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I'm like, I don't know. It's civilization. I want video games on a video game console. Well, no duh. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, try bringing destiny to an iPhone. Well, iPhones don't have buttons. Switch has buttons. The switch doesn't have buttons. The switch supports controllers that have buttons. Zing. Joy cons. They, they come with it. It's the only console that comes with two controllers. SNS Classical comes with two controllers. Okay. Poking holes in your argument, motherfucker! If you want to say the SNES Classic is a console, that is completely up to you. This is a console, Nick. This is a video game console. Look, I'm plugging things in and out. Everybody, I'm holding up my NES Classic for him to see. Right in your big dumb face so you know how wrong you are. Not my console. Hashtag not my console. Not my console crusade. Anyway. What the hell have you been playing lately, man? I know, but these people don't. Well, as you very well know, we've both been playing a lot of Splatoon 2. Holy fuck. So I finally much. I finally got around to picking that up uh, like a month after release. Finally. And hopped on our custom-built Discord server. and Custom programmed. And yeah, we uh, actually developed it myself. Uh, <laughs> you can hit me up if you want any tips and tricks about developing on Discord. I'll, I'll break it down for you. But yeah, just uh, enjoying that game. Turf War is a, just a great time sync i've been just grinding single player stuff out because i don't know it feels good and sometimes you just want a little mindless grinding action salmon run is great really enjoy the uh the variety that has and how each time you get different maps and weapon uh kind of loadouts and i wish that uh it scaled a little bit better so i'm like i'm i'm a professional professional at salmon run but our, our good old pal ej over here Come on. He's he's just a part-timer. Did I slip again? Well, we, we both slipped down to part-timer from Go-Getter. Oh, God. That was a terrible night. I remember that night. That was a terrible night. So I'm like three ranks ahead of you. <laughs> so I don't I don't get like... Uh, well, I mean, I still get like egg points that I can I can cash in for, for stuff. Like the daily rewards, but I, I'm not getting rank-up points. Right. So I'm not getting multipliers added on to my current pay multiplier uh i i cannot play salmon run without a full party i can't do it it never ends well i don't know how you've grinded so far up without having a full group of, of friends to play with the higher up you get the better the players are and it becomes easier because you're not getting stuck with terrible players oh that's one way of looking at it i've i've had terrible terrible i did see a lot of people complaining about um too many people were ranking up. Too many people that that didn't deserve to be ranked up were ranking up to professional over the weekend because of how OP some of the weapons are. 
or were for that uh that run oh really yeah what uh what was the loadout it was it was random but there was a weapon that was like a specific grisco branded weapon that was a blaster but it had a really high fire rate and i guess it was just wiping the floor it was just wrecking salmonids left and right damn dude i missed out so yeah you probably would have been able to catch back up had you played you know what stinks is the first month this game was out I put so much time into it. And we were playing with uh, our buddy Leaf and Drew, and, and I was playing nonstop. And they were like, man, tell Nick. Nick needs to get this game. Tell Nick to get the game. And you finally got the game, and then for a number of reasons, everyone just got busy, and it's been hard to actually put that kind of time back into it like like we were. It's my curse. It's <laughs> You did this. I no, did with, and then they were like bugging us all weekend to play. And we were at the damn beach with terrible Wi-Fi. And it was yeah, like... bad Wi-Fi. Everyone was like, we're just busy doing other stuff. We're enjoying each other's company. Yeah, I know, I know. Believe it or not, we were we were interacting like human beings. Sometimes. Not all the time. But hopefully this next week here, we'll be able to put a little bit more time in. I'm going to, you know, after this... What time? It's only 6.30. You trying to play some Splatoon after this? Oh, God. I don't know. I might just have to nap. I got stuff to do tomorrow in the morning. That's true. You got to work tonight. You didn't get You didn't get nearly enough Zs. I never get enough Cs. Well, yeah, Splatoon 2 has been great, despite it just being a port of the first game in almost every way. Simon Run's been a really nice addition. Nintendo's take on a horde mode. It has its flaws, but it is, it's just so... The energy is, is crazy every time you play. You know? I'm just a big fan of PvE. Like The best moments you get in a just regular Turf War or even like the ranked matches is when you work together as a team and accomplish a goal, and that's... Totally. Just beating the AI and getting as many eggs as you can. Try not to get overwhelmed. How much time have you put into the single player campaign? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like 10 or 15 hours. Most of that has been replaying levels. Like actually doing the... Well, the first time you play a level takes a lot longer. But then there are rewards for beating each level with each weapon. So I've been just going through and grinding that out. Getting uh, meal tickets. Getting like dope to, exclusive weapons. Um, you get uh, you unlock the hero weapons for each of the weapon types that you get if you beat the game with each of those weapons. So I'll get that once I'm done grinding out each level with each weapon. But I've just, I just been getting the uh, the meal tickets because that gives you a a multiplier experience or coin multiplier for a uh, a set number of turf war ranked matches. Mm. So those are cool to use during like uh, Splatfest and stuff. Speaking of uh PVE, I got on that Destiny bandwagon. Yeah, you've been playing with the uh, playing with your buds, your same crew. You know, no, I actually have not reconnected with my old play group, which is unfortunate. But I haven't. Again, I just haven't had the time to dedicate to it. Like when Tekken King came out, it was winter, I believe, go, or going into winter, um, and I had quite the lull with school and work and everything. I had a lot of time to dedicate to it. My buddy Brennan was in school, so he would come to Eugene for days at a time. And we would just binge on Destiny. I mean, I remember grinding up, trying to hit the level cap so we could do the raid on hard mode. And then him coming down and we'd just get drunk and, and hop on with everybody. And it was just such a good time. I was really hoping to recapture some of the of that experience with Destiny 2. So far, I really haven't. I mean, not even a little bit. I've probably played five, six hours. I'll play with Brennan and our buddy Dre from uh, the Hills Have Eyes podcast. Um, uh, have you gotten through the campaign yet i'm really close to finishing the campaign Mm. Um, and i and i needed i just unlocked like a lot of the stuff that makes destiny great is lock 
you know, behind these artificial barriers initially until you go through most of the campaign. But they, they do some new stuff with, with Destiny 2, which just kind of kept it cool. And what I've had a lot of fun doing is they have these public events. So you just drop in on a map anywhere you want, and there'll, there'll be public events that pop up all over the place. And so you run over there, and you're with five, six other players. You do the event. You get your loot, your experience. So that's been what I've had the most fun with, just going in a big loop, hitting all those public events and playing with other people. I just unlocked the strikes, which are sort of the definitive like like destiny experiences as you do the strikes, the nightfall strikes, and that's kind of the grind. That's the gameplay loop is um, strikes are three players and you have an, a different objective with each map. A lot of fun. I just unlocked them, haven't played a single one yet. So I'm hoping that this week I'll have a little bit of time to hop on and, and dig into the meat of it because that raid's calling my name, man. As soon as that, uh, as soon as that unlocks for me, uh, hopefully I'll be hitting up my old play group and, and jumping back into that part of it, it's like I don't want to hit up the old crew because I know they've probably gone full retard on on this game, and and they're ready to go. And I haven't even hit the level cap yet, so I'm like, I need to spend some time with it, refamiliarize myself, make sure I have the time, and then I can, you know, dive back into it head first. So does it feel like a any sort of substantial differences from the first game, or is it the Splatoon two to to Destiny Splatoon one? Um, um, it's the same game that Destiny one was. After taking King, essentially, there are, there are a lot of little quality of life improvements, like the way you like the the shaders. Oh, the oh the shaders. God no, I haven't fucked with that at all. That is one of the little things that's irritating. I get what they're doing with it, you know, and 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 Activision got Activision. Yeah, it's irritating, but but uh, there are a lot of quality of life improvements, like the way you because before you'd be in the in a hub world and you'd have to like. Uh, uh, back out into outer space, essentially, which is just a just a menu screen. So you'd have to load into a menu screen, pick where you wanted to go, you load into a queue, and then you'd load into the, the map itself. It was fucking ridiculous. Now you hit one button. Weird hopscotch. Yeah, it was totally crazy. Uh, it would take minutes to do anything. Now you just hit your button, you open a map, you pick where you want to go, and you fast travel in five seconds. So much more streamlined. The way they keep track of quests is a little more streamlined. On the last game, it would it would show different missions and quests and whatever all on your map, and it would kind of show everything uh, available, and then it would fill in when it was done, and the map would get sort of convoluted, and you'd be like, "Wait, did I do that? Okay, that you know, you got to know the color coding, whatever." Now it's like it only shows the stuff that you have yet to do on your map. It's like, oh, there's a symbol there. I know there's something for me to do there. Go there, do it. Um, so it's 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 much cleaner and just helps keep track of different things. So it's just little things like that, but it's essentially the same game it was at the end of Taken King and, and especially at the end of Rise of Iron. So yeah, hopefully I get to spend more time with it and make it worth the the sixty dollars there. Because so far it's just you kind of run through the the motions doing the story because the story is whatever. Like people always talk about the story so much better. Like it's the same thing it's ever been. Yeah, probably just a little bit more baked into the game itself and not some grimoire app or website or whatever yeah that was bad though to get a lot of the backstory yeah you'd have to go to a separate website and shit seems like people who are playing destiny aren't playing destiny for the story though they're they're playing it as a means to hang out with their friends totally it's just uh, doing a cool shooter with friends yeah and then mixed in with the lizard brain reward center that you get when you just get loot drops totally oh dude that's uh the grind is such an addiction diablo they diablo with guns yeah that's well, fine you know it gets you in your head though man you wanna you wanna i totally get it yeah i get that destiny 2 for switch yeah right that'll <laughs> never ever 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 happen 
hey man destiny one was on 360 and ps3 i think it's more a matter of uh, it's an infrastructure thing and it's a, a does it does destiny make sense on the switch i don't think so what doesn't make sense on the switch well, destiny <laughs> there you go that's just your like you wouldn't play destiny on switch even if it was downgraded a little bit graphically i mean that's the question right because whenever a game comes out a triple a game i'm like do i play it on pc or do i play it on playstation right it's where your friends are it's all about what your friends depending are depending on the game i would probably not play destiny on the switch i probably wouldn't just because of the fact that none of my friends on the switch would likely be playing it mm. so i'd probably play it well maybe you could also play it on pc but you're not gonna do that either so yeah because no one else will be playing on pc valid that's why i'm on ps4 my dude also i can't do shooters with mouse and keyboard i'm very bad that's it's so bad PvE. i'm very bad at games in yeah. general oh, <laughs> but i need on. uh i need some aim assist <laughs> please if you're bad at games then i don't have hands well i don't know if you have hands sorry dude <laughs> bam well shit man that's pretty much all we got here man that's been a it's been a uh it's been two hours we're definitely gonna wrap this up holy shit this has been the console crusade podcast podcast I am EJ Olson. You can find me on on Twitter at if you follow if you follow him, he'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. I shouldn't tell you. you what forgot my that you block strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fucked up. I do. I block strangers. If I don't working at a brand. <laughs> oh God! You can follow Console Crusade at Console underscore Crusade. We don't tweet much, but if you interact with us, we'll tweet at you. Uh, or you can follow me. I tweet every day. You can follow me at Presh Till Death. Yeah, that's P-R-E-S-H-T-I-L-D-E-A-T-H. Presh till death. Fuck, man. Well, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go lay down. I feel like a motherfucker. I'm going to play some Splatoon. Hell yeah. Well, this has been the Cosmic Crusade Podcast. We will see you next week, you motherfuckers. Catch you on the flippy floppy. Ciao.